Hey everybody, welcome to Indigo Comics Podcast, episode number one. My name is Scott Reichert, and I'm a writer and creator, and along with my brother, we publish comics at indigo-comics.com. Uh, the recording you're about to hear is a panel that occurred at the Hartford County Public Library uh, Comic-Con on October 21st, 2017, and it features myself along with uh, Parker Hicks, who you can check out at vengefulghost.com, and Kata Kane, who you can check out at kata-kane.com, K-A-T-A-K-A-N-E.com. Thanks for listening. Comic-Con 2017. Uh, we also want to thank these talented indie comic creators for taking the time to be here today. And I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves. Sure. Do you want to start? I can start. Yeah, I'm Scott. Uh, my name is Scott Reichert. Uh, I'm with, uh, m- between me and my brother, we publish under a label called Indigo Comics, and we're based here out of Baltimore, and we do kind of uh, superhero-type comic books like you'd see from Marvel and DC. Uh, we post all of our stuff online. I'm a writer, my brother does all the coloring, and that's our, that's our deal. Cool. Um, hi, I'm Kata Kane. Uh, I do a comic called Alter Girl, which I self-publish, so I do the story and the art, but I also um, do uh, lots of things. I do um, art with other writers, too, and my newest book is called Anna and the Cosmic Race, and uh, that is here at the library if you guys want to check that out, too. So I do a lot of things, but mostly I, I'm an artist, comic book artist. And my name's Parker Hicks, uh, and I can't draw to save my life. So <laughs> I, I write comic book stories, and I hire different artists to, uh, to illustrate them for me. Um, I write primarily short comics between 4 and 16 pages long, and I publish them on my website, vengefulghost.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> oh, right. So we're just going to jump right in. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions. Um, how did you get into creating comics? We'll start with Kata. Um, well, I used to draw comics even in my notebooks when I was a little kid. I just always liked comics. Um, I guess the first comics I read were um, in the newspaper, like the Sunday comics, and I thought those were funny, but um, when I was more like in the end of elementary school, beginning of middle school, I found um, manga, which is like Japanese comics, which is very popular today. We have some cosplayers here, like Naruto, that's a manga, that's a Japanese style comic. So the first comic that I saw that was like that was called Sailor Moon, and that kind of changed changed my life. And uh, I was like, these are the kind of comics that I like, these longer, more story-like comics, you know, that I like the superhero comics too, but um, manga had stuff that for the age that I was at, it was a little more appropriate for me, and, and just um, the stories connected with me more. So... I just really always like storytelling and, and drawing, and so before I realized what comics were, I was like, I want to be an author and an illustrator. And then I found comics, and I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's me and comics. Parker? 
Um, so I came, in contrast to Kata, I came to comics very late in life. Um, I had always read some of them, especially in high school. I read a lot of superhero comics and, um, you know, like some modern classics like The Sandman and some Neil Gaiman and stuff like that. I really enjoyed it, uh, but I was focused on writing prose short stories. Um, and then uh, when I moved here to Baltimore a couple of years ago, um, I met a bunch of really cool artists, and we just started talking about some of the short stories I was working on, and they had way better ideas than I did. Um, and I realized that I could, I could join a team, that I could take my ideas, um, and I could work with an artist and, and put something together that really was better than anything either of us could come up with alone. Um, and so for the last two or three years, I've been, I've been studying comics and... Uh, and working on writing and, and working with different partners on, on making these comics. We should all hang out with people who we think have better ideas than we do. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I, it's really good to pass them off as your own, too, and take credit. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. been my... Well, it's <laughs> when, when you hear my how I got into it, you're going to see that that's basically what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I am... Uh, I was a, an obnoxious little brother who really wanted his older brother's attention, and I discovered at a young age that the best way to get my brother's attention was to ask him about comic books. Um, he would pay attention to me and tell me all about comic books when I was, you know, when I was little. And we were separated by that kind of awkward age of like six years. Mm. So like when he was a teenager, he wanted nothing to do with me because <laughs> I was like ten and he's sixteen. Um, but I could get him to go drone on and on about comic books. Um, Flash forward, he was always m more artistically inclined and um, less w uh, less wanted to bother with like the minutia of writing scripts and things like that. So flash forward a couple of years, I'm in my early 20s, and he ha decides he wants to make a comic book. He wants to illustrate it, color it and all this stuff. And he's got an idea, he just doesn't want to write it. Mm -hmm. And so he said, would you want to write a script? And so I said, yeah. I sat down and I wrote uh, a 10-page script for this idea that he had, and I fell in love with the process of it really thought it was a really cool fun thing to do and then he kind of uh at that time you know lost interest but the uh the bug had bitten me and i really got into it and so i decided that i was going to press forward but i can't draw to save my life i mean i stick figure art would be mona lisa compared to what i am <laughs> capable of reproducing and so i ended up uh and i didn't understand the faux pas at the time of asking someone to do artwork without offering to pay because um, I was just getting into it but I put an ad on Craigslist <laughs> and I met my best friend in the world through Craigslist wow. <laughs> true yeah. story um, wow. yeah I, so I, I posted an ad saying I don't draw but I write if you draw and you don't write maybe we could do something together and never expecting anybody to really respond or to you know and if they did if they'd be any good or if they'd be same age group same interest and, and one person responded Brilliant artist, Mike, a graduate, who lived in Columbia, so he lived like 15 minutes from me. And we corresponded for a while. I sent him some samples of scripts. He sent me artwork based on what I had done, right? And then, like, it was like online dating. Like, we were like, all right, are we going to meet in person? Like, you know, and was like, I remember, like, my parents were like, he could murder you. And I'm like, that's a real possibility. Um, so uh, we met at Columbia Mall, and it was love at first sight. I mean, if you've ever met you, 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 when you meet your best friend, I mean, Aww. we sat. We were supposed to meet, meet and just talk about like what we were interested in doing for about thirty minutes. We sat in the food court for three hours, and we've been the best friends ever since. And that's how. And then that was about ten years ago, 
and ever since then, in various capacities, him and I have worked together. My, bro- my brother is, does all of our coloring, and he, that's what he does for a living freelance. And so I'm lucky enough that I don't have to pay a colorist, <laughs> and he's really good, so all of our stuff looks more serious than maybe, you know, <laughs> just the two of us working on it might betray, you know. So that's how I got into it. Um, what was the process like to first get published? Start with you, Parker. Oh gosh, um, yeah. So, so this is one of the wonderful things about uh, the modern world we live in. Um, publishing a comic means could mean a bunch of different things right now, um, and and we'll hear from Kata. I mean, so, so Kata is probably the most professional of the three of us has a book in uh, the big, like the big industry catalog, has, has a couple of books that are distributed through it. Um, but I, the process for getting published was um, I wanted to make sure I had a complete story. So I worked with an artist and, and we created a 12-page story together. Uh, and I, I looked at it and I thought it was really good. And I was like, you know what? Uh, I think more people need to see this. Um, and I bought a website, and I put it up on the website, and I started talking about it on Facebook. Uh, and, and then I, that was, I was published. I, I, was a, I was a web comics writer. Um, and from there, I've been able to put some things in print, uh, but still I get a lot of, I get a lot of contact with, with new readers through the internet, um, through Facebook and through Twitter. Um, I've been able to work with local printers. I worked with Kata as a designer to, to print a book. It's still not, you know, you, you can't find it in a library yet. It's not distributed through some of the, you know, the, the big name channels. Um, but it's really just as easy as, as putting something up on the internet. And it doesn't even have to be, you know, like I bought my own website and put something up. But I know plenty of people who publish on Twitter or on Tumblr. And they just kind of throw up what they're working on. And, and now they're a published artist. And it's, it's really easy, really accessible, and a lot of fun. Yeah, just to go off what Parker's saying, that being published, you know, you can self-publish your work, whether it's online or if you can go online and find the resources to find a printer or even just go to your local printer and say, you know, I have these pages and I want to get them printed out and staple them together and make a book. So my series, Alter Girl, that's what I do. I self-publish it and I work with a printer. Um... And I was able to take orders for that through Kickstarter. If you guys have heard of Kickstarter, where you can fund different projects. So basically, I was able to say, you know, who wants to buy my book? And everybody put in a pre-order. And that helped me to pay for the cost of printing the books. And everybody who paid for a copy of the book got a copy of the book before, you know, I had it at tables at conventions or anything like that. And... um, my new book, Anna and the Cosmic Race, uh, that is with a publisher called Paper Cuts. They do, you probably have seen some of their books maybe here at the library because they do a lot of all ages graphic novels. So um, I was approached by the people at Paper Cuts because they had seen the work that I was doing myself, that I was putting out all ages comics, you know, with strong female characters and stuff that was, you know, accessible to people of any age. So. Um, they reached out to me because they saw what I was already doing on my own. So they wanted to work with me to help them create books that, you know, did the same thing and told stories, you know, with 
female lead characters and you know that were fun stories for for kids and teenagers and young adults too so that's you know new for me that 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 is now happening because that book just came out at the end of September and now you can get that in like Barnes and Noble and on Amazon and that's a new experience for me and that's here at the library too so that's that's been a lot of fun because a big part of it is you know you can make it yourself but how do you get it out there and it's easier when you have you know help from a company who does this sort of thing but you can do it yourself and you know if I hadn't done it myself in the beginning I wouldn't have been found by a publisher so it's it's worth it to to do these things and to self-publish and promote yourself online and print you know whatever makes you happy so yeah yeah, I, all all the same. It's yeah. like uh, there's no real barrier to entry other than just deciding to do it. Um, mm-hmm. I we do the same thing. Uh, we publish everything that we do online. There's a couple of uh, portals where um, that have like specifically like an audience for reading comics. Like there's Tapastic, there's uh, Webtoons. Line Webtoon, yeah. and doesn't cost anything. So like it, that was that was kind of a neat thing that I just kind of learned through starting to do this is, uh, you know, if you just want to do it, I mean, there's nothing stopping you other than mm-hmm. the desire to spend the time and spend maybe some money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, sp- sit down, write a script, and if you're an artist, illustrate it. Yeah. If you're not an artist, which I'm not, <laughs> find an artist and pay them and, you know, go from there. You can put it up on, you can put it up on those sites and people will read them, people will comment them, you can start engaging with people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think... Uh, the the new frontier for me is now starting to like getting involved in communities and things like that, which is which has been really neat and kind of rewarding. It reinvigorates my interest in in doing stuff. But yeah, posting online, the internet's a whole new world. Yeah. Um, I know some of you touched touched on this a little bit, but what are the steps you've taken to make your work a success? And I lost track. Of <laughs> I think it's hard when you ask a success because I think that's something that you're always striving for. That I don't think when, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people here who are creators, whether you're a writer or an artist or something else that's maybe not comics related. You're always kind of striving for that and feeling like, what can I do next that's bigger and better than what, you know, I did before? Yeah, I mean, we were talking about that just a little earlier today, me uh and Kata talking about how there's like there's always another level right like there's there's always another challenge that you can you can face and you can you know work towards and eventually mm-hmm. succeed at um the the big thing for me though I, the the start of any success for me is um being able to write the end uh, and that's part of the reason that I write short stories because you know, when I, when I was younger, when I was first starting to write prose, and even when I was tossing around some comics ideas, I was like, I've got this mind-blowing idea, and it's going to be 800 pages, and it's going to be the new, like, Lord of the Rings meets George R. R. Martin. It's going to be awesome. And then I fizzle out by page 50, yep. you know? And, yeah. like, I, I, I lose momentum, or I can't find a collaborator, or I run out of money, or, like, something comes up, and, like... Life I, happens. Right, life yeah. happens. And I never hit page 800, and that's so, like, for a long time, that was really demoralizing for me. So, so one of the things that I found to help me feel like a success is starting small, starting with something that I know I can finish. Yep. Um, my first story was 12 pages. I actually went smaller than that. I've done a couple of four- and five-page stories, but they're complete stories. They have a beginning, a middle, and an end. They have characters that you can identify with and, like, that are struggling with something. 
And so if I can, if I can tell that complete story, you know, I do a four page, all right, now I'm going to do an eight page, now I'm going to do a 12 page, now I'm going to, now I'm going to talk with an artist and we're going to work on something for a long time, it's going to be a, it's still only going to be 22 pages, you know, it's going to be a single floppy issue. And then once we do that, like then maybe we can talk about like, all right, mm -hmm. a 108 page graphic novel or a mini series that's, you know, published through a big company. But being, being able to succeed at something small is a success in its own right and set me up for bigger successes to come. It's, it's weird uh, because what you described is exactly my experience. I've had the exact thought. So before I got into writing, I, I came up grew up playing music I started playing guitar when I was like six years old and I was a huge Beatles fan like all I ever wanted to do was sit and write a song and sing it for somebody while playing my guitar and um, when I started like around like 11 or 12 13 around that age you know entering puberty and having the e e emotional turmoil necessary <laughs> to turn out a song you know what I mean I started trying to write songs and I would write a piece Right, and I would never finish anything. Right, I have a piece. I have thirty pieces of songs. Right, and uh, I, you know, I would get discouraged. I would say, "Oh, this is crap. This is terrible. There's no point in finishing." And then one day I said, "Okay, my problem is, is that I finished nothing, and I need to." I, I call it my breaking the ice moment, where I was like, "No matter how bad this is, yeah, I'm going to finish it. I don't care if the lyrics don't make sense. I don't care if the music is dissonant. I'm going to finish it so that I can." go from beginning to end and show you a finished thing and then what I started realizing that, and then I applied this to writing comics because I went through the exact same thing where I was having ideas for stories and I was creating like ridiculous amounts of minutiae and backstory to explain every little tiny idea that would walk into my head and so I decided to just go back to the drawing board and say okay I'm going to take this idea I'm going to distill it down I'm going to finish it um, and that's like the breaking of the ice moment and then once you do that you can look back and say okay I liked this. I didn't like this. Now, on the next thing, I have a more focused idea of what it is that I want to do. Yeah. A good a good motto is finished, not perfect. Yeah. That's what I try to tell myself. That if you can, you know, finish something, you should feel good about that because yeah. you're going to get better every single time you you do that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. All right. The next question is, where do you go from here? I guess uh, back out lunch. to our table. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I, can I, I know I talked a lot in the last no, one. Yeah. So, um, I really don't know, and that is terribly, like, incredibly frightening, and it's also really friggin' cool. Um, comics are amazing right now. You know, uh, Kata was talking about finding Sailor Moon and it changing her life, yeah. um, and, and comics are going through this, this sea change right now, I think, and, and the way that people are finding comics, whether it's whether it's manga being massively distributed through bookstores and libraries, or, or it's anime being viewable on, on the internet and on Netflix and, and in stores. Um, and then, uh, you know, Raina Telgemeier and, and Smile and Ghosts and her Babysitter's Club's books that you, you'll be, it'll be tough to find them in like a classic comic book store. Um, but they're all over the place and they're at this classic book fair and they're in the library and they're in, they're in bookstores. And I, I think we're going to see in the next five or ten years a massive opening up of, of what comics are and what it means to write and, and draw and make comics. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, as someone who, just in the last couple of years, I, I invested heavily, like personally, into 
of superhero comics. Like that's what I want to do. And there's so much out there, and and it's growing so fast. Um, and it's I I don't know what's gonna happen next. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to find out. And I just hope I'm there to see it and like ride that wave. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say I think there's a lot of. Uh, there's a lot more different different types of stories being told yeah. too. It's not you know just what you think of with like Superman and Batman. That there's there's new superheroes that are different, and even people who aren't superheroes that you know just more more uh, diverse characters and the people who are telling these stories too. Like that that is expanding too. You know we've got a lot of people sitting here today, all kinds of people. You know like all interested in comics, and you, you probably wouldn't have seen that. You know a little while ago. So that's what's exciting to me. Yeah, yeah it's exciting that it's become as, as mainstream as it is because mm-hmm. what's funny is I... I, I it's it, not nerdy anymore. No, You can't no. say it's nerdy. And it's really... It's, it's a, cool. It, it's cool to like comics now. I, I mean, it's cool to be nerdy now. Yeah, I mean, what's, yeah. And what's funny is there's a... You don't... I didn't realize how real that is. There's like even a generational difference even over a few years. I play in a regular Dungeons & Dragons game Right, and I can say that with absolute comfort, right in front of everyone <laughs> in this room, and with no embarrassment. Yeah, I was the guys I was playing with are friend, friends of my brother's that, that he knew from high school, so they're a few years older than me, about six years older than me. One night I'm playing, and I post on Facebook and tag everyone that we're playing Dungeons and Dragons, and they all get the alerts on the phone while they're sitting there, like, "You can't tell the world we're playing Dungeons and Dragons." Like, and I'm like, my one friend, I'm like, "Dude, your profile picture is you sitting in a Star Trek uniform." Like, the world already knows. My other friend, you went. You met your wife at the Renaissance Festival. Like, let's, uh, you know. So embrace that's, it. Yeah, yeah, embrace it. And I think that's, that's one thing that's really cool. The other thing that's happening is um, we were talking about these online platforms like Webtoon and Tapastic. Um, and the audience that they have, the audience for things like that, the audience for, like, manga comics is probably 60, 40 female. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal is that you have a lot of... Uh, the female readership is is really important to where the industry is going. And I think that's kind of like what I was saying before, how I got into comics, that some of the American comics with superheroes, I wasn't finding a character that resonated with me as a young girl, and manga just had those characters that I was like, I feel you, Sailor Moon. Like, we are on the same wavelength right now. (laughs) And and we're seeing a wave of of American artists that, like Kata, like um, like Raina Telgemeier, like, yeah. yeah, that... You know, now a generation later, sort of, right. we're going to see yeah. an explosion in American comics by young women who who saw that. And that's so right. cool. Yeah. Like some of the artists I work with, their style, you know, they never worked for Marvel or DC, and they don't have to, and that's yeah. fantastic. And they're doing such cool stuff, and I'm so lucky that I was able to work with them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's Definitely. really exciting. Definitely. Yeah. All good things. All right. Um, what advice would you have for aspiring comic writers? Well, for comic writers. I mean, <laughs> for writers. writers here. Um, I think you guys touched on a lot of yeah. like this stuff, yeah. too. Yeah, to finish something. Yeah. I don't care how short it is. I don't care how bad it is. Finish it because you learn from your mistakes. You can lo- go back and look and mold going forward your vision for what you want to do. I think that's that's... My biggest piece of advice is to finish something. Yeah. I think, um, and whether, whether you're an artist, uh, you know, and, and you're used to drawing, like, single pictures, or you're a writer who doesn't know how to draw, 
Um, I think one of the most important pieces of advice that I haven't touched on is to study comics specifically um, because comics requires a lot of artistic skill just in like drawing the bodies, but making a comic page yeah. is different from painting a picture. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and so learning how to make a comics page that looks cool and can be understood <laughs> easily and like flows from one pa like one panel to the next and from one page to the following page. Um, and there are so many good comics from all over the world and from throughout history. You, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. some people, there's one guy, uh, a comics like historian and intellectual, and he, you know, he traces comics back to Mesopotamia in yeah. like 40,000 BC or whatever. And it's a little, it's a little bit of a stretch, but, but I mean, there people have been telling stories visually uh, in so many different ways, yeah. in so many different places, in so many different times, and learning that language, that, that narrative language, whether you're a writer or an artist, whether you're working with someone or you're doing it alone, um, is going to help make your comic stronger. Do you have something? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I would be repeating myself and like just what we were saying before, just don't don't give up. Don't get down on yourself. Sometimes we're our own, our own worst critics, but, you know, finish something yeah. and know that you can do it and that it's possible and nothing's, nothing's holding you back from getting it out there. There's many, many paths that can lead you to success and that's just being happy, so... I, th I think there's one other thing that I, while we were talking, I thought of um, is learning how to collaborate. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because creating comics is, unless you are a, a person who has both skill sets of art and writing, which not everyone has, case in point, um, then you're, it's going to be a collaborative experience. And um, recognizing when someone else has expertise that is yeah. outside of yours. So, like, I, I can't tell you how many times, like, I, I'll write a script and I'll give it to an artist and I'll give him a basic outline of, like, this is how many panels it should be, you know, this is kind of how I would lay it out, but I'm, I'm not an artist. You're the artist. So you take this and, and, you know, change it to how you feel would be best, and then they send it back, and it's like, that's what it should look like. You know, because they come back and, and it's totally and different. It's totally different. Not even, like, changing things around, rearranging things, you know, because... That's what they do, and it's the same. Same thing goes on the other side. You know, I have friends who like I have my 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 love of my life, my best friend Ryan. Um, he's more definitely more of an artist. He likes to write. He creates his own comic, but like he sent me his script, right? And that's something I can go through, and I can help him with dialogue. I can help him with you know right. some yeah. storytelling things in his script. You know what I mean? And I think recognizing what uh, value in other people's skills is really important. Be a good team. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I'm going to add one more question. It's just a librarian question. <laughs> what are you guys reading right now? Ooh. Oh my gosh. Or what I, are you into? Like if you're working through. Yeah. Um, well, I my favorite superhero comic right now is Miss Marvel. That's the one yeah. that I'm like, I gotta gotta be up to date on what's happening with Kamala right now. But actually, a lot of the stuff that's on like my bedside table right now, which is where all the books that I'm reading go on my bedside table, is a lot of books by my friends um, that I buy from them. Um, I have a stack of comics from all kinds of different creators from um, the last co big comic convention that uh, we were at was Baltimore Comic Con. So I bought a couple books from some of my friends there. So those, those are what I'm reading right now, stuff that was created by, by people I know.
Um, I have way too much to read. Uh, <laughs> I have I have a big old stacks, uh, stacks of comics in my office, stacks of prose books in my bedroom, and a list of things on my phone. Um, but I'm uh, one of my favorite things right now is um, Cold War spy novels, uh, specifically Jean Le Carre, uh, which um, I don't know, certainly not all age appropriate, but uh, but a lot of fun. Um, I'm having a good time with that. Um, and then comics-wise, um, I've, I've been reading uh, a lot of the DC comics right now. They're doing some interesting things with Batman, I think. Uh, he's he's going to marry Catwoman, uh, so that's exciting. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, there's just always so much great stuff coming out of, out of yeah. local artists and yeah. friends. There's always some, some cool stuff to find. Yeah. Um, Good Omens, if you guys read Good yeah. Omens, Good Omens, um, that's a, like a case of mistaken identity bet between an angel and a demon who are trying to prevent the end of the world, and they think that they're dealing with the, uh, the second coming of the devil, and turns out the kids, like, they were switched at birth, and the actual second coming of the devil's, like, out living somewhere, a normal, peaceful, pastoral life, and he has, like, a hellhound comes to him and then turns into a little puppy. Because he's just a normal kid. Um, it's 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 a that's a really cool book. Um, I'm reading a book called Blind Sight. Uh, it's like a first contact sci-fi book, and uh, I I'm so late to the game. I've had on my bedside Saga for yeah, forever. Yeah, that's a really good one. And my like I remember I read the first issue when it came out, and I didn't love it, and it didn't like hook me in. And I'm I, and I'm painfully like, uh, you know short of attention span. You know what I mean? If it doesn't hook me in right away. So, but like everybody's been raving that it's incredible. So I have the first trade that has been waiting for me to pick it up. All right. Well, do you guys have anything else to say? Yeah. We could say where to find us online. If you yeah. 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 Do, can we take some of these? Do we have time to take yeah. questions? Yeah. I have, you guys, so 3.15. Okay. okay. Oh, do you guys have any questions? Yeah. yeah. I'm a writer, and I've actually I've built comics and books off of characters instead of a story idea. That's that's not a big that's actually totally what I do. My um, a lot of my stories are start with a character, and then a world and a story gets built around them. My book yeah. Alter Girl just started kind of with like a little like weird poem that I wrote too. But there was a girl; she had a magic key, and like it just went from there and like when I first made her she was kind of like a mean character she wasn't very nice but then as I started to build the world around her I was like she's not going to get very far if she's mean to everybody so she needs to be a nicer person and yeah so things yeah I'm I totally start with a character yeah That's I'm more of a, I'm more of an idea guy like I, I as a matter of fact what's funny is I've I've had a couple of ideas for stories and then I present them to somebody that I collaborate, my brother or one of the, or my, my friend Ryan. And um, what's funny is I'll have an idea and then they will see it with fresh eyes and they'll give me like a piece to it that makes it way cooler than I ever could have thought it was. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I told myself that I wanted to do like a Flash Gordon type like silly space opera kind of, you know. Like, uh, you know, pulp sci-fi. You know, the kind of art I'm talking about. You yeah. know, people with, like, the big dome space helmets mm -hmm. with, like, a laser blaster on, a, uh, on an, a, you know, on an alien planet. And, and I decided, I was like, I want to do this story. And I was telling my brother about it. 
and I said, you know, I want, it's like this character, I want it to be like the last surviving member of the human race, right? And I want the story to be called Earthling, right? And I sent him like a little like summary. And he was like, I think it's a really cool idea, but you got to change your main character. And I was like, what should they be? And he's like, just take the same character and make it a woman and make it like Starbuck from uh, Battlestar Galactica. He's like, she should be a badass chick. You know what I mean? <laughs> right? And I was like, that's way cooler than what I had originally envisioned. And, like, the, the idea of, like, having a female lead in, like, a Flash Gordon-type space opera. And, and so I started with an idea, but then uh, when I had somebody with fresh eyes look at it and give me an idea about the character, then it came into focus, and then I started, like, really was off to the races with it. So I'm going to split the difference. Um, I, I often come up with, like, the type of story I want to tell first. I, you know, I, I want to... So, so like, I, I knew I wanted to tell a story about a, about, um, uh, <laughs> I had a physics joke in mind, and I wanted to tell this story on a space station about this physics joke, um, and then, but it doesn't make any sense, it, the story's not fun at all, unless I can care about the character at the center of it, so, so I start, you know, if, if you're looking at, like, world as big or out or up, Right, and then and then character as in or small or down uh, or bottom. Then I like I start here and then I come in underneath and I meet in the middle um, because I think I think getting a character piece like that uh, tells you so much more about your story. You know, you know the the same. Um, I mean, just even just using like like comics examples, right? Uh, Batman fighting a villain and Superman fighting a villain and and Spider-Man fighting that same villain, right, in some sort of cross-universe thing, it's going to be a very different story with each of those three yeah. characters, even, even though the villain, even though the opposition, even though the plot is basically the same. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Any, Any other, other questions? Yeah. How long does it usually take to, like, write and publish a story? A long time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you, um, for Anna and the Cosmic Grace, that probably was about a whole year for first talking about it, conceptualizing stuff, and um, making thumbnails, talking to the writer, you know, getting um, feedback from the editor and the publisher, um, creating, you know, the comic, the pencils, the inks, the colors, then putting the, the dialogue, the lettering on top, because that's kind of the order in which things go. Um, and now the book just came out at the end of September. So it's been, it's been about a whole year. And, so, and for context, how long is Anna and the Cosmic Race? It's, it's 70 pages long. So that's a 70-page book. And I'd say my part of things, I feel like... So I have two books that's coming out with this publisher. The other one's called GFF's Ghost Friends Forever. That'll be out in December. Yeah. Um, yes, the title that's is awesome. great. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so I was drawing for like five months straight is what it felt like. So it takes a long time if you're going to do something that's really long, you know. But if you're going to do, like, a one-page kind of thing, maybe you can get it done in a, in a day, you know. Yeah, I mean, there's, a con like, there's an event where people do, like, it, it's 24-hour it's comic, hour comic day. day. Um, the goal is to tell an entire yeah, story to try from to, start to finish. to try to do it all in 24 hours, like, from, you know, midnight to midnight kind of which I've never done it because I am too sleepy to do that. <laughs> but I admire the people who do it. And I've done, there's also something called Hourly Comics Day where you try to draw a little comic every hour. 
So I've done that before. And usually people just draw like, here's what I'm doing. You know, like if I was doing it right now, I'd be like, I'm on a panel talking to people and drawing that, you know, and seeing how quickly I could do that. So it really varies. And probably when you're starting out, it might take a little longer, you know. And even, you know, when you're going to do something that's like a big book, it's, it's going to take a while too. So, yeah. Yeah, I think about it in two ways. Um, it's always going to take longer than you think. Uh, so don't get discouraged when that happens, because it always takes longer, always. Um, and so, like, it can take a long time, and, and it can be easy to get discouraged. Uh, and so the other flip side that I look at it is, like, it would take longer if I didn't start, right? Mm -hmm. like, like, I'm going to be, you know, if it takes me a year, I'm going to be a year older, and I can either have a finished comic, or I can have part of a finished comic, right, if it took longer mm -hmm. than a year, mm -hmm. or I can have nothing if I never started. So right. it sort of doesn't matter how long. I mean, it, it, it's good to know and to expect, but doing it is the, is the important thing. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, I, you know, I have a day job, so I, all my comicking occurs nights and weekends, mm -hmm. and so, and I'm also a horrible procrastinator. So, like, I, the way my process works is I'll give an artist, um, like, I'll give them script pages, right? But before I script, I'll have the idea and I'll kind of block it out in my head before I sit down and script. Because I, I actually don't think, I, I'm not a big believer in sitting down to write. I think you write it in your head first and then sit down and write. Because every time I've ever sat down to write something, immediately my mind goes blank. You know what I mean? Like if, if the computer is staring back at me, nothing's going to happen. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, I, you know, like right now, I have an artist working on the next issue of my book that's called Zachariah Thorne. Uh, he's doing issue number two, and he just sent me page 15 of, like, 22 pages. And so he's, like, seven pages away from finishing that issue, and I've not yet begun to start scripting the second, the follow-up issue. And I know what happens in it, but I haven't, so, like... And I probably won't until, like, he's, he sends me the last page. And I'm like, all right, I'll have you a script. And, and I'll sit and I'll do it. I'll work until, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. And, and because also, uh, from a writer's point of view, I just want to get him enough that he can get the basic layout done, you know, the art done. And then I can go back and edit my, uh, my, my writing after I've got the art. You know what I mean? Which actually happens a lot. And the, for me, the dialogue improves vastly once I have the images in front of me. How do you build like a basic script? Um, so I I literally structure mine like a movie script, like, and I've never even actually done the work of actually looking up what the official formatting is. I mean, but that's it. Yeah. Like, there's there's I guess if you were maybe writing for like you know a publisher that said we have a format, yeah. then maybe. But yeah. yeah, it is like a movie script. Yeah. You know, it's like scene setting. Yeah, I, I do it by I go my specific process. I will do page and panel. Yeah. So I'll start off page one, panel one, and I will go through, and I will literally spell out what I think I see in the panels. Ultimately, that might not each panel might not get fully represented once the artist gets their hands on it. But I will literally go through and block out. Okay, panel one, page one, panel one. I'll give a brief description, like you know, exterior, you know, a graveyard, you know, and then and then I'll do dialogue, you know, and the and the other thing that I'll do is I'll go in uh, and do Google image searches and drop images directly into my script sure. for references for my artists. Oh, that's you know? good. Yeah, so like I remember once uh, there was one particular where I wanted a, a character, I wanted it looking up at the character as the character was looking down holding their hand out like this, right? And in those moments I'm like, I'm not sure that just the text of what I'm writing will convey 
accurately. And it's another thing, when you're paying an artist, you want to give them as much as possible so that they can get it right the first time because it's going to cost you more money if you don't get what you need. And they, they're like, I illustrated what you told me to illustrate. You know what I mean? I'm not going to give you free you know, fixes all the time. You know what I mean? That's part of the collaborative process. But so I'll insert images. And the one that I found for that particular instance was I went and I Googled, uh, come with me if you want to live from Terminator. Right? And Schwarzenegger's going like that. You yeah. know, and the panel, and the, the, the actual image from the movie is looking up at him. Right. And artists illustrated exactly like that. Yeah. And it's, so it's interesting because um, it, a lot of it depends on if you're drawing your own art, right? Because if you know what you're seeing, you can just kind of like jot some notes to yourself so that you know the story, right? That's, like, yeah. whereas I, you know, I've got to work very closely with my artist, and I, um, you know, depending on how much we've worked together, depending on how well we know each other, uh, how much we trust each other, I might give them just a few words for a panel, or I'll give something fully detailed when I have a really specific image in my mind. Um, but it's different when you're working on your own. Yeah, so if, if I'm working on Alter Girl, which I do the story and the art for, sometimes I can just give. A lot of my a lot of my notes say shoujo moment, and I just know what that means. Like like that I'm like I gotta emphasize the romance here. Like somebody's gotta look super cute in this panel. So I kind of know what that means, you know, shorthand for myself. But um, yeah, and when you're working, you know, on the flip side of as an artist, you know, getting stuff from a writer, you know, you can take it and run with it. But there's also times where you can, you know, ask questions and yeah. you know try to oh, yeah. work together and clarify things. So <laughs> yeah, <photo>. no. <laughs> the shutter sound is gonna be so loud. What's the average startup budget, and about how long? Yeah. So that varies all over. I was the gonna place. say, yeah, that's hard because, like, I mean, I don't know that any of us know like what like working with like you know it depends on where you're going, and honestly, like, uh, you know, a lot of comics like if if I had gone into comics saying like okay I've got to make this much money I would be very let down. Yeah. Um. So it's really about you know. You know, doing it because you, cause you like it and not so much, like, what is the end payout going to be because it varies, like, yeah. depending on, you know, what you're doing and who you're doing it for. Um, and what was the other part of your question? You said budget yeah, and... How long? How long? Well, well, we were saying um, someone else had that question about how long, and it, that also varies yeah. on depending on the length depending of your project. You, do, yeah. you know, you could do, like, a four-page comic that is, like, you know done in a day or um, you know it could take a year it could take two years so yeah uh, I it's also a, you know evaluating who you're working with because like I'm in a situation where I have a, literally a relative who does my coloring and that's something if you want to color uh, a, like a fully colored book that's something you have to factor into your budget mm -hmm. that due to my circumstances I don't have to factor into my budget so uh, like you decide because a lot of people will go because the startup costs are less they'll do a black and white yeah like all my comics are black and white yeah. because I don't. I, I don't feel like I can at this moment put in the money to pay for a professional yeah. colorist. It's yeah. cheaper so, to print. Black it's cheaper to print yeah. black so. and white. Yeah. 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 So there's a lot of variables. Yeah. Um, but, uh, also, the length of the book. Yeah, like she was saying. Yeah, like, that, it, I was gonna say that's a tough yeah. question. I, I think. I think it, <laughs> we're still trying to figure that out too. <laughs> I, 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 if if I was uh, just for like a, a book that you would buy like a DC comic book. Mm -hmm. Um, like 20 to 24 pages that you buy off the shelf um, depending on like the quality the quality of your artist is going to uh, change how much you're paying per page uh, a lot of people do per page rates um, the uh, 
you know, the colorist lettering, that's all going to cost money. It, it, it could range anywhere from, you know, a uh, thousand bucks to ten thousand dollars to make a single issue. Yeah, and it's, it's, but there's all that factors into it. Yeah. yeah. I, I see a, a hand's been up in the back. Oh, sorry. Yeah? Well, I thanks for saying I that. We're so good at it. Yeah. yeah, that's. You know, whenever people ask me like about drawing, it's it's so cliche because you've probably heard a lot of people in your life say it, but practice does make perfect, and the more you do it, it's kind of like if you work out a lot, you're gonna get big muscles, right? So if you draw or if you write, the more you do it, the stronger you're going to get at it. And there's no like quick way to get there. You really just got to keep at it, do a little bit every day, and you get a little stronger and a little better every day too. Yeah. And like what you know, we've all kind of been talking about too is that it's okay to make mistakes too. Your your first work and your second work and your third, and you know you're always going to be you're always going to see the things you could have done better but you're going to do it better next time you do it. So the more you do it, the better you get. Mistakes are good. Mistakes yeah, are you good. learn from mistakes. Yeah. You've already probably experienced that in your life in, in other ways. So it's the same thing when you're doing comics, you know? All right, we want to do one more? Yeah. What's the single best tool you've found to help you with your comic creation process? Good question. Um, I, I can I actually... Um, a program called Clip Studio Paint... Uh, uh, I use that a lot, and it used to be called Manga Studio. Oh, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that actually has helped me. I do a lot of inking digitally now because of that program because it's so smooth, and you can hit undo. So, like, when you're on a piece of paper, you can't go, oops, can I just erase that ink line I did? So, as far as, like, a tool, using a tool, I, I use that program a lot. Yeah. yeah. Whiteout pens. Yes, yeah. So, I don't, the days of whiteout pens for me are over. So, I'm able to get things done a little more efficiently, like, when I have a deadline and things like that. So, that's the first thing that came to my mind. I'd, I'd be lost without that, so... Mine are probably a couple of different books that lay out systems for understanding how comics are different from normal books or paintings like portraiture or how they're different from television and film. Um, one is Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, Words for Pictures by, Michael, by Brian Michael Bendis is really good. Um, Will Eisner, who of, of Sainted Memory, uh, yeah. broke the mold. Uh, on comics, and he has a couple of different books. I believe the one is called Illustration for Sequential Art, I believe. Um, but if you like, look Will Eisner, How To. Uh, there's got like two or three of these books, and they're fantastic. From this guy who created a lot of the language that Western comics, you know, that, that American and, and European comics use to uh, tell a story, this guy invented them, and he breaks it down. Um, more from an artist's perspective, but then reading that, I knew how to talk to an artist. Um, and then the, uh, there's a book called The Story Grid by a guy named Sean Coyne, um, which is about, like, when you have an idea for a story, how do you make it have, like, satisfying twists and turns and rises and falls? Um, and he's got a very systematic way of, like, right, what's the conflict here and how long is this conflict going to take to resolve? And I, I found that a useful system for polishing the stories once I have the idea. Uh, my phone. Uh, 
writing whenever I have an idea, just jumping on my phone, being able to write. Um, I, I like to, like I said, I like to insert Google images into my scripts. Um, I like to cast my characters with actors to give um, the artist an idea of like the vibe that I'm going for. That's also kind of a fun process, you know what I mean? Um, also, um, the music on my phone, because literally like there are song, music, some music on my phone, sometimes I'll be listening to music and, I, and I'll be like, that, something about that music inspires something in me about one of my stories. Like there's, um, like my main book, Zachariah Thorne, if that was a TV show, I would want the, entr- the, the theme music to be Danzig Mother. You know that song? Like, uh, well, go listen to it. I, I, I was judging a book by, by its cover. I, would have th- I thought you might have known that tune, but it's, a, you know, but it's like this rocking song. It's kind of like this gothic rocking song, and I'm like, that, man, that's... And when I listen to it, I start having ideas. And then, lastly, like, uh, I'll go on, like, uh, for that book in particular, because it's kind of like a Monster of the Week book, um, I'll go on, there's a, a subreddit called Creepy, where it's like literally just creepy <laughs> pictures, artwork, and things like that, and I'll go through that, and like, I'll see creepy things, and I'm like, oh, that would be cool, like, if I could translate that into a character or situation in a story and things like that, so for inspiration. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say... Yeah. Oh, did you have something else? No, no, no. I was just looking at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little thank over. you all so much for being here. <laughs> thank you for having us. Thank you guys too. Thanks to the library yeah. and everybody. Yeah, yeah this was a really nice coming. event. Yeah. yeah um, thanks so for your great questions. Yeah. And I know you're getting out of here pretty quick, but like I'm going to be around yeah, at the yeah. table at the yeah, top. Yeah, me too. All over here. Come say if hi. If you have us. more questions yeah. or just want to say hi, yeah, totally. Come, come chat. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks everybody. Guys. Thank you.